Surprise! Welcome everyone to Football Life. I am your host, Randy Evans. This is a special edition of the Deep Thirds Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host as usual, Matt Bushnell, but you cannot see him today. Matt, what's up, buddy? Uh, nothing much. Battling computer issues. So Yes, that is the theme of today's computer issues because that is an easy transition to our friend, Chicago native, Felipe Melicio. Felipe, how you doing, man? Fantastic. It's the first time Felipe's been on the football show for us uh, in football life, I should say. But we have a special show because obviously most of us are quarantined inside of our homes, uh, no sports to watch. And normally Matt and I and Carl will, will break down all the moves in the football world. But today we wanted to give you an idea of how to spend this quarantine time together. I know I've been watching a lot of TV, a lot of random stuff. And uh, I'm sure you guys have too, but now we're going we're gonna to break down, break down some interesting football movies. Are you guys excited for that? Yes. I, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> now, there, there's an opinion about football movies is that they are lackluster compared to some other sports movies. And obviously not every sports movie is great, but I think there are a lot of movies that are underrated, some of them that we've never seen at all. But uh, we're going to get into some of them here. Um, Felipe, as far as I know, you put together a very specific list yeah. using an a- algorithm that you came up with it's of 43 of movies, many of them that I have not seen. <laughs> but I am interested in, in breaking them down with you. So uh, why don't you get us started here with number 43? All right. So as you guys can see, I, you guys should be able to see this on the, on the screen here uh, as I share my uh, screen with you guys. Uh, yeah, like Randy mentioned, 43 movies. I took five different uh, ranking systems. There's USA Today, Esquire, Fandango, Rotten Tomatoes, Ranker, and then I decided to put my own uh, Felipe's uh, mm-hmm. uh, rankings. And uh, basically, the number <laughs> that you see here, that is where they rank in their respective lists. So not one point for Leatherheads, that's because that, uh, USA Today uh, ranked them as the 25th best movie, so they got a point for that. So it Just watched Leatherheads yesterday. Oh, oh, look at that. So maybe you could talk about that. Uh, so, the, so that's the average score. Uh, this is, again, we're going to work our way from the bottom to the up. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so that is Bushnell. Bushnell, I'm going to put you on mute because your uh, click clacking is really bothering me. So hold on a minute. Uh, uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, okay, so what was that? Okay, this is the year that it came out. Who's it starring? And a quick synopsis of every movie. So let's get going. Uh, I'm going to start from 43 to 33. So I'm just going to you know, read this uh, quick, uh, the movie and what the synopsis is. So here we go. The Junction Boys. This is the Bear Bryant movie about his time at Texas A&M. He coaches his players. They go on to win one season. Have you seen that movie, Randy? No, I, I've heard of it. I, I, I definitely have never seen it. Okay. Bushnell, you've ever seen The Junction Boys? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it on ESPN. Uh, Tom Berenger playing Paul Bear Bryant. Mm-hmm. Players dropping dead due to the dead heat and Texas and that summer humidity. Oh, man, that really got my juices flowing. And we're off to the races here. Vince Mercandetti's wondering if Debbie Does Dallas is going to be on this list uh, because, of course, it's Vince Mercandetti suggesting that. Okay, so that's 43. Number 42, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. This one was a late entry as Rotten Tomatoes uh, critics and fans alike uh, put it in there. That one starring Jim Carrey and Dan Marino. This is about a Miami Dolphins mascot going missing. They call in a detective, and also Dan Marino is missing. Uh, okay, I, I think you guys have – both of you guys have seen this one, right? Of course, of course. Uh, I mean, if you grew up watching Jim Carrey kind of shtick comedy movies, you definitely have seen the Ace Ventura movies, and this is classic. I, I mean, what's what's the famous line from the football part of this? Is what laces out. How many fantasy football team names have been inspired from that? So, <laughs> I think anyone who's ever seen any Jim Carrey movie has probably seen at least a part of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. 
Oh yeah, and everyone knows Finkel. Like that's I've seen so many fantasy names played off of Finkel, and Finkel's a man. Uh, just top notch. All right, hold on. I have to sh stop sharing my screen because apparently no one can see the the list. So. Yes, <laughs> we apologize for the technical difficulties, guys. We're, we're none, none of you really want to see our faces anyway, let's be honest. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, can some, somebody tell me that if you could see the list now? I can see us. Um, I, I can see the list on my own personal. Yeah, I can I see, see it. Yeah, now I can see it, yeah. All right, I, I, I still shows up blank on my phone here, so. But you, what, you guys say you can see it, though? Yes, I can see it now on the live feed. And uh, yes, now Vince is confirming that they, he can see it as well. So let's move on. All right. So just to recap one more time, these are the, the lists I took from uh, these uh, publications, uh, websites. This is my ranking system. This is the average score of these rankings. The year it came out, who's starring in it, and the synopsis made by yours truly. At number 41, Wildcats, Goldie Hawn, LL Cool J, Woody Harrelson, and Wesley Snipes makes his actorial debut here. Woman wants to coach football team, gets her chance at an inner city high school in Chicago. Uh, I've heard of this movie. I've never seen it. You guys uh, familiar with this one? I I've never seen it. I've, I've heard of a lot of teams being called the Wildcats, but I've, I've never seen this movie. But given the cast, I I'd give it a I I'd check it out. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I I I've seen Wildcats. Um, I think that was done back in the 80s, if not <clears throat> Um, late 70s not I, I want to say I was a super huge fan of the movie it was different but um, being growing up in a household where Goldie Hawn was on my mom's viewing list quite often it just it, I, I can't sit down and enjoy that movie <laughs> And uh, really quick, uh, I just wanted to point out that I, I noticed a lot of like tropes uh, with these synopsis. So I'm going to list them for you right now. Uh, um, number one, we're, you're going to see a lot of uh, common themes here. The first one being nerdy kid who shouldn't play football <laughs> wants to play football. And uh, you'll see plenty of examples that are all over the place. Uh, Awful. Yeah, it, well, it's a running theme. Number two. High school football everywhere. I mean, people love high school football for some reason. I don't know why. It's kind of creepy, but whatever. Uh, number three, tough. Uh, it's always about a player who's transitioning from football life to ordinary life. I mean, I have a solution for that. Just join our football group. Duh. All right. Number four, backdrop consists of Duh. main. Duh. Do, 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 do. Backdrop consists of main industry of how the town that they live in uh, survive, and uh, you know, if it's an oil field or a steel uh, factory or whatever. That's what's going on in the background while these kids play football. And finally, number five, this football game is the most important football game you're going to play until the next important football game. Everything's fucking important <laughs> in these football movies. So, so here Look, we go. in Texas, where high school football is king, every game is the most important game. And that's the beauty <laughs> of sports, Felipe. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no, at number 40, I got Lucas. Uh, this one's 1986, Corey Haim and Charlie Sheen, Kerry Green. And again, <clears throat> nerdy kid sees his best friend fall for his crush. Tries out for the football team to show people what he's worth. <laughs> Only in football, this barbaric sport. Matt, yeah. you ever you ever seen this movie? No. <clears throat> it's just a yeah, no. It's a hard pass for that. For, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, this one looks interesting. I, I think I would watch it if uh, if it's available on on one of those streaming services or free on YouTube or whatever. But this one looks promising. 
I want to see, uh, I mean, you've you got two pretty good, uh, noticeable actors in Corey Heyman, Charlie Sheen. So I don't know. I think I might just uh, be on the lookout for this one because I'm interesting. But yeah, nerdy kid wants to prove his worth by playing football. This one is called Greater at number 39. Uh, I guess it's a Christian movie about the greatest college walk-on ever because, I don't know, uh, people love walk-ons. Uh, you guys, I, I'm pretty sure you guys have not seen this movie. I've never even heard of this movie. Yeah. Never. Yeah, it's a 2016. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a big high. I, you know, looking back, I should have not added this one to the list, but I figured it was, I had to be fair about it, but yeah, I'm not interested in this one at all. Bushnell, you were going to say something, Bushnell? Yeah, so. I was just going to say, Go yeah, ahead. I mean, greater, um, I think I have seen that movie a long, long time ago. Um, yeah, I, I don't <clears throat> think it's something I'd sit down and watch again. Number 38, The Game Plan, starring The Rock. This no, is about a pro. No. <laughs> quarterback finding out he has a daughter who's eight years old. I've never seen it. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. That should be under the Disney Princess category movie list. Um, you know, the, the Rock makes these really good family entertainment cheap movies where the kids will love it. As an adult, you don't get much out of it. But yeah, that's a no. It's a sham that this is even on this list. Before we move on, sure, go ahead. I just have to say. Finally, a movie I have heard of. That's just a note. That's just a note to The Rock. I'm sorry, I had to say it. But it's not the worst movie ever, not the greatest movie ever. But at least I've heard of it and I've seen it. And that's that's what counts here. Moving on to number 37, Monday Night Mayhem, <laughs> starring John Turturro and John Hurd. The story about Monday Night Football. It appeared on cable on television, TNT. John Turturro, the great John Turturro, playing uh, Howard Cosell. Uh, this one was straight to cable. Do you guys see this one either? Or no? No. Okay. I've never seen it. All right. It, look, it looks uh, interesting. I like John Turturro. Uh, I might, if I, if I see it somewhere, I'll definitely watch that one one, one day. Number Yeah, I, I would definitely watch it. Yeah, definitely. Number 36, uh, The Slaughter Rule. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Everybody loves Ryan Gosling. Right, here we go. High school football. This one out of Montana, or as I like to call that state, Mantana. Uh, Bushnell, you ever see this Ryan Gosling 2002 classic? No. Okay, Randy. Uh, there's a different movie, football movie that Ryan Gosling is in that I enjoy much more that we'll get to later. But no, I have not seen this movie. Yeah, we'll get. To, well, we'll definitely focus on that one. But yeah, there's another one. There's another Ryan Gosling football movie that's not the famous one that's out there, folks. Number thirty-five, <laughs> Radio by Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, this is uh, Cuba's uh, first uh, uh, installment in this list. That uh, this is about a team super fan teaching the football team about acceptance. Now. From what I've read, this is a very bipolar movie because uh, it plays uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. as a mentally challenged kid. Yep. Yeah. Did, you, did you guys watch this? Yes. And I, I'm sorry to jump in on this one, but this really annoys me because this movie should be way higher than where it's at right now. It sends a very positive message about those who face mental challenges or mental <clears throat> hurdles or even physical hurdles, especially being black and having those mental, you know, challenges in his way and a football coach going out of his way to let him be a part of something and teaching the team about acceptance. And ultimately, I, I believe he did end up, the coach left the position, but um, it sent a very powerful message. I, one of my favorite football movies. 
I agree with Bushnell, actually. I think that the point of, of sports in general, and especially with sports movies, is to inspire people. So um, this movie really does a great job of showing that no matter what complications you might be going through in your life, that you can accomplish things that you have, have dreamed of. And I think it sets a great example of, uh, like Bushnell said, not only is, is he, um, you know, going through things that not everyone has to go through complication-wise, like I don't want to say certain words, so I'm avoiding them, but <laughs> obviously radio uh, is someone who goes through things and exp- uh, learns at a different rate than everyone else, but he's also an African-American, so he uh, doesn't always get treated the same way. So, uh, Bushnell, I'm with you. This should be way higher on the list because it's definitely an inspiring movie. Yeah, yeah it, this, this really hurts this list, and I feel like a lot of people missed the point. And the fact that we see so many publications not even recognize this movie, it, it's really sad. Yeah, and Ranker has it ranked up there, but that's mostly fans, like movie fans voting on that one. So, I mean, the critics don't, didn't like Like I said, it was a very polarizing film when I was reading through, like, critic reviews. Like, it was very polarizing. Uh, but obviously, you know, football fans uh, like this movie better than the critics uh, uh, in this regard. So, yeah. <clears throat> I'm not surprised at your reactions uh, that after uh, mentioning or talking about this movie. So um, it's a, like I said, polarizing. That's why it's ranked very low. But uh, I think the fans over here at Ranker uh, did a good job of giving it some love. Let's move on to number 34, Leatherheads, uh, starring George Clooney, John Krasinski, Renee Zellweger. It's an all-star cast. I put yeah. down, this is like Bull Durham, but football. And it's the, du- <laughs> the Duluth Bulldogs. So shout out to Matthew Nyland if he's out there listening. <laughs> You guys, uh, what do you guys think about this one? It's a good call on the Bull Durham, man. It's a love triangle for sure. Uh, like I said, I just watched this movie yesterday. I had never seen it before. Uh, if you're a fan of uh, The Office and love Jim Halpert, you'll probably love, like this movie. Uh, if you're if you're interested in a classic love story, you'll probably like this movie. And that's kind of why I, I think it's appropriately ranked uh, kind of low here. The football, it's really old school, old timey, like set in the 1920s. So college football, super exciting, super popular. At the same time, the program has yet to take off, not popular at all. George Clooney recruits uh, John Krasinski, who is this college football star, who is a war hero. And I say that in quotes because it's kind of faulty to come play in the pro game and save the sport. And, you know, he kind of does. But uh, the, the football scenes are really good in here, and I'm not trying to take it away from that. But there's too much, like triangle of love in here for me and maybe i'm not the biggest renee zellweger person she's in a better football movie that we'll get to but yeah it's a good movie good watch kill an hour 45 watching it bush you got anything to add to that <clears throat> man it, it's hard for me and this is going to be a common theme for me with a lot of these movies is, is it about football or is it about something else and i think randy hit it hit it right on the head it's more about a love triangle than it is about football so it, it's one of those movies while and Felipe, I think you'll dig this. It's about, it has the name football in it, but it's not a football movie. So, or it falls under the genre of football, kind of like Dick Duran. Yeah. You know, the show's named after him, but he's not on that. You know, it's not his show, but he's on that show. I guess we can add that to the sixth trope. Uh, football uh, always has love triangles. Uh, that's going to be another common <laughs> theme you guys are going to notice here as well. So. Let's move on to number I mean, there 30. are so many move. There are so many sports movies that have love angles attached to them, right? I mean, it's like yeah, the thing that brings those people together, and I get that. But don't like, especially if it's a sports movie. I have an issue with it's more about that love part than it is about the sports part. Maybe that's the sports fan in me, yeah. but I don't know. I don't need all of that other stuff. Well, well, 
they have to uh, they have to publicize this for a mainstream audience, you know, like the like Vince McMahon rules. <laughs> well, we gotta get the women involved, even though it's wrestling. We gotta get women mm-hmm. watching wrestling. Same thing. It's football right. movie. We gotta get women watching football. So let's add Renee. And I'll, and I'll say this about this movie: Renee Zellweger is a reporter, and uh-huh. the whole reason she's even a part of this, she's covering a story about John Krasinski, and then she falls in love with basically both of them. Yeah. Okay. As a journal, as a journalist, what are you doing? You're completely destroying your credibility. What is happening here? <laughs> That's not at all how to do your job. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. Now I'm really interested in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, it gets better. You'll just give it a few. Uh, number 33, Everybody's All-American. This is an interesting one uh, that I might want to check out one day. It stars Dennis Quaid, who's always, who I always think he's good in everything he does. Jessica Lange, it's about a college football star. It doesn't make the pro football league. Has to live like a normal person now. And that, again, that's one of the uh, tropes in this one. It's a tough transition from football to ordinary life. Have you guys seen this one yet? Uh, Randy, start with you. No, I, I've never seen it. I, I like Dennis Quaid's uh, sports movies in general, so I'll have to check it out. Bushnell? I have not seen it. I, I'll probably give it a, a deeper dive for a synopsis before I commit to sitting down and watching it. You know, hour and a half, two hour sports movie. All right, let's move on to the next 10. So let's see. Uh, so we're just going up the list. And now we are, I think we have 10 here. Yes, we do. Well, 11. Okay, but whatever. All right, number 32, Concussion. This is the movie with Will Smith. Uh, finding out that football's bad for the brain and the NFL's trying to hide it. I hear the book is better. Have, uh, Brandy, have you ever seen this one? Look, man, I grew up watching and pl- playing football. I love football more than I probably should. I care about it definitely more than I should. I can't watch this movie. Like, I know football isn't the greatest thing for people's health, but I don't want to hate football, and that's what this movie would make me do. So I have not seen it, and I don't really think I will. Uh, Bush, though, what about you? Concussion. I've seen it. I like it. Um it definitely gives a different perspective. And immediately after watching the movie, I tried to figure out how many concussions I sustained in my playing career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was should like, not be okay. laughing at that. <laughs> no, it's, it's should terrible, not be laughing man. at that. No, it's no. true, though. I mean, all you could do is laugh and hope for the best. I mean, I played one year in eighth grade, and, and I'm just wondering if that's where my uh, life kind of turned around for the worst for me in terms of my academics and uh, I, I don't know. I, I would need like to talk to a therapist about that, not not to you guys on a football podcast. But I mean, it, this shit's real, man. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, you could still recognize that concussions and subconcussive hits are bad, and still enjoy football. I mean, I do. But even the NFL is like after this movie came out in 2015. What 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 what's the number one complaint about the NFL nowadays? It's too much like too soft. football. Too soft. Yeah. Emotional. Yes. Because because <clears throat> of this book and this movie and this finding by the doctor. Uh, I remember, I mean, shit, I remember watching HBO specials that talked about this uh, uh, well before this movie. And it, and it's uh, not just changed the way the league is played, but from what I understand, peewee football numbers are also down. Like, and, and every parent oh, yeah. I talked to, every parent I talked to, including Matt Bushman, I think you and I talked about this before. Well, I'll ask you right now for it to make, put it on the record. Would you let your kids play football nowadays, uh, Matt? No, I would not. Fucking A. Uh, Randy, you're, you're about to be married. If you ever had Sharon, uh, would you ever let them play football? I, I think I would. Uh, obviously, this is a hypothetical situation, so I of can't course. just tell you yes. Um, I, I, I probably would, would feel stronger about it, especially if I have a son. Um, if, my, if my kid really felt strongly about it, I would probably try 
to insert my, my presence in a coaching sense to make sure that they're all practicing proper fundamentals because a lot of these things are done because of poor fundamentals, using your head too much, lowering your head. Um, and I'm not saying that they're completely preventable, but I think, you know, when the, the brain is still developing, developing at a young age, there's ways to getting around it until like a certain level. So you can start hitting or maybe at a high school level. I don't know what the solution is to that. But I think people are being smarter about the equipment we use, how we play using basic fundamentals. Like, I think that well, like, it's a good movie in the sense that like, sci- like there's a lot of science that backs some of these things that like shows that like we have too many hits to the head. We don't always use the proper fundamentals. We don't, we never had, like we don't always have the best equipment, but now I think those things are getting better. And I think that's one good thing this movie brought. But, you know, I think that football in general, um, it, it's competition, it's controlled chaos. It's it done When it's done correctly, it, yes, it's physical and it's violent, but it doesn't always have to be this thing that affects the brain the way it does. I, at least I don't think so. Matt, you were going to say so, something? Yeah, I got two points to this um, topic. One, I, I played and I coached. And I coached um, Pee Wee for a few years and kind of moved up the ranks to high school for a year or two. And I will say this, the lack of knowledge and proper teaching is appalling when it comes to your kids playing football at that level. Like knowing what I knowing what I know, there's no way I couldn't I could not coach my kids playing football. Like if they were going to play, I would have to coach because there's I've seen too many parents go out there, try to coach this sport and they coach the big hits like you want to separate the you know the player from the ball and everything and they have them leading with their heads this horrific technique and and randy is right to a certain extent when it comes to technique um really though what they've done with the brain and study like any jarring because there's nothing there's that space in between your skull and in with your brain um it's probably like a few centimeters, but it lets your brain rattle around. Even falling backwards and hitting your head on the ground has proven to give you concussions. I mean, mm-hmm. that's going to be a big thing with hockey players, too, when they start really seeing what happens with hockey players. And then um, the other part of it, I, I think and I believe that you can mitigate risks with concussions. And I, I applaud the NFL for doing it now, but as a player, when I started playing football, I knew, I knew as a kid, when I started playing peewee football, all the way to high school, all the way to college, I knew I was not going to come out of football unscathed. I knew that I was going to have some lifelong injuries that were just not going to go away. And it's held true to form. Would I trade the quality of life for what I learned and what I did in football? I mean, it's 50-50 some days. You have to ask me on the day of the week that I'm feeling (laughs) you know, really bad or really good, but players know. And that's the thing. It's like informed consent. Tell them, let them sign off on it. And that's kind of where I stood with this movie. Like, yeah, it sucks. But you ask a lot of players, they know what they're getting into. This is not like something like, I have no idea. I'm going to come out of this perfectly fine. It it, it doesn't work that way. The, The guys know. Yeah. Really quick. Um, uh, I, you, you mentioned that too, that you had several concussions. I think I probably have uh, at least one I can remember. But um, the worst thing I think that ever happened to me was I had knee surgery and I hear I, my knees affected every day because of that. But it's not as serious as the head injury. And this movie, I think, isn't just affecting football. I think you said it's going to have a, 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 it has an effect on hockey. And I think it also, and, and this is probably a Felipe could touch on this too, but wrestling in a way, 
uh, has was ahead, was ahead of this movie even with how they treated head injuries and concussions because of they used to do direct headshots to the <laughs> direct chair shots to the head, and you saw what happens to people. Uh, and I just watched a documentary about a guy who I'm not going to say his name out of respect, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, he. Yeah, well, yeah, I just watched that documentary and they said that he had the worst form of CTE that, that they've ever seen. So um, I, I think that this movie is informing people of the, the dangers of some of the things that we love, unfortunately. And that's kind of why I can't watch it. Yeah, that, that's another podcast for another one, because there's so much shit going right. on there with uh, Vince McMahon and controlling the uh, Institute. I mean, I just mentioned those right. HBO documentaries. Well, guess who's controlling the the star uh, of the Institute of Brain over there at Boston University at the WWE, who's one of the chairman, <laughs> Triple H. So yeah, that's a whole different, but really quick, before we move on, I know this is one where we're, we're probably, first of all, I want to ask the, the people watching, uh, put on the comments below, would you let your kids play football? Uh, knowing what you know now uh, seems to be a good segue into uh, yeah. to get more people participating if they choose to do so. Number two, I think Matt Bushnell, uh, you and I, we saw a chart before, right? And we, it showed where all like the, the positions where they had the most concussions. And the most concussions occurred at wide receiver, uh, quarterback, sometimes a running back, and the least amount were on the uh, the offensive line, right? And then they did, all right, what about sub-concussive hits? Well, the offensive line shot way up there. Uh, and, and running backs also went up on that on those numbers. Uh, wide receivers, obviously, their numbers went down when you're talking about sub-concussive mm -hmm. hits. Listen, man, you cannot – it's like I tell my friends all the time, there's no equipment. I think I know you. what you're trying to ask here, Felipe. It, it's cutting out horrific on us. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, I was going to say – can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So I was going to say the concussive – like people are so hung up on concussions, but they're not – you know, they don't pay attention to the sub-concussive hits, which, as mentioned, offensive mm -hmm. linemen, they get – brutal numbers and sub-concussive hits, and they also are susceptible to this. Even though they don't get the major concussions, they get the little con the little hits that add up to big hits uh, in mm -hmm. terms of accruement and, and, and accumulations. So there's no equipment. There's no, I mean, a hit to the head is a hit to the head. It all adds up, and uh, I don't know. If I, I don't know. I'm having a daughter myself. But it, it, I know plenty of girls who want to play football. This is one where don't play football. I'm sorry. Go, go be a... Uh, Go play with science toys or something. <laughs> well, yeah, I, you know, I, I've had the luxury or disadvantage of playing every position on the football field at, at some point in my life in organized football. And w without a shadow of a doubt, playing the line, um, and, and this is the part that gets often overlooked, in practices, they don't blow the whistle at the line. I mean, you, you full go when you're playing line. It's only when the running back's about to get tackled or the wide receiver is about to get tackled, or the quarterback's about to get hit, that they blow the whistle. The line play, you're going full go in practice, and that's constantly like, yeah, you get dinged in the head, you bump into people, you know. It's, you know, 10 to 11 massive bodies in one small area constantly hitting each other. So you kind of expect that, and that's why I think you see those offensive line numbers just skyrocket. Uh, let's let's move on to number 31. Uh, go Tigers at the documentary. That's another thing you're going to see around in this list. A lot of football documentaries. This one's about Ohio high school football. Uh, so we've talked about Montana football. We've, uh, dealt, uh, we've alluded to Texas football, high school football. Uh, you guys have any special thoughts about Ohio high school football? Uh, Randy, start with you. 
unless there's like a documentary about LeBron's high school uh, football career, then I'm really not that interested because he was a hell of a football player in Akron before he joined the, went to the NBA. But no, I've never seen this movie. Uh, I've never even heard of this movie. And then when I, when I read Go Tigers, I was just hoping uh, <laughs> that it was about LSU. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> I, was, I was just hoping it was Go Tigers. But uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. So, no. Really quick, a uh, couple of comments about the concussion thing. Uh, Carl uh, wants to chime in and says, I think I would let my kids play if they wanted to, but I would make sure they take extra precautions. I wouldn't force it on them like, my, like parents used to do back in the day. Yeah, that's the other thing we're seeing. A lot of parents are very hesitant to put those uh, kids into peewee like they used to. Uh, Vince Mercandetti, our fearless leader, kids with my genetics have 0% chance of making the NFL, so why even bother? Plenty of competitions where they won't, where they won't end uh, themselves and as dangerous. much. And dangerous. Oh, is that what he put down? Well, yeah. Endanger themselves as much. So he says absolutely he not. Yeah. Sorry, I got, I'm, uh, I'm a little behind. What are those genetics Vince is talking about? I thought he was a very physically fit man when I met him. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know he. I know he likes. He has an, a, a fascination with certain uh, body parts there. But, oh uh, yeah, well. Uh, Matt, you got anything to say about the Go Tigers movie? I hate everything Ohio. If Ohio fell into the into Lake Erie and was never heard from again, I'd be perfectly fine with it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the last Boy Scout. This one's highlighted in that, uh, what, that greenish color, that greenish hue. Uh, this one was from 1991. When I was a kid, I used to see trailer for The Last Boy Scout a lot, and that kind of has stuck to, with me. And so when I did this list, I kind of got that nostalgic feeling, not for the movie itself, but just from the uh, 10, 11-year-old Felipe watching these trailers and say, oh, that looks like an interesting movie. Uh, this one stars Damon Wayans, Bruce Willis. Uh, Damon Wayans, I guess, plays a quarterback. Uh, teams up with a private eye looking into illegal gamblings in Los Angeles. Have you guys, Randy, starting with you, have you seen The Last Boy Scout before? I have never even heard of it. So um, I'm interested by, by the cast, obviously, Damon, Wayne, Damon Wayans and, and Bruce Willis. I, I'd give it a shot. Matt? Absolutely. I've seen it, love it. Uh, it's definitely worth giving it a look. All right, yeah, so that's why I have it in green. If I see it somewhere out there, I'll definitely give it a shot. It looks very promising for me. Uh, number 29, this one uh, will get uh, our field leader, Vince Mercandetti, a uh, massive orgasm right now. Little Giants! Star 1994, Rick Moranis, Ed O'Neill. Oh, I forgot, Randy's also a Giants fan. Duh. Uh, this is a sibling rivalry being taken into the NFL, oh, the NFL, the Pee Wee Gridiron. Uh, number one, I want to point out to you a couple of things. Rick Moranis, uh, I thought this time around his career, he just did uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I believe that movie is yes. set in Chicago. I believe it's set in Chicago. Ed O'Neill, Al Bundy, TV show also set in Chicago. So even though it's a movie about the Giants, it's very Chicago-centric as far as I'm concerned. Randy, go ahead. Take the floor. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but I, there, there were very few predetermined things about my life. But there was no doubt that I had to be a Giants fan when I was born. <laughs> I was only born three years before this movie came out. And I remember – this brings back so many memories. Like you talked about young Felipe – in the last movie we broke down this this just brings me back to young randy my whole family calls me rj for randy jr and all the hammonds we used to we used to watch this movie every weekend every chance me and my cousin got together to if it wasn't to watch a giants game it was to watch this movie and uh, several other old hokey 90s movies but this one this one hit home man this was the giants finally beating the cowboys 
we would go out, we would take a, the roll of toilet paper, which you can't do now because they're so sacred, but we would go out and <laughs> take the roll of toilet paper and we'd throw it as far as we could and we would just run in slow motion and just man, drop right in the bread basket, man. It was, it was like the, the best movie, man. I, I just, it brings back so many memories. I have to watch it again. It's been years since I've watched it. Bushnell, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen it. Um, my favorite memory out of this cast is obviously Ed O'Neill from Married with Children at Polk High scoring four touchdowns in one game. So, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Little Giants. Um, it's been so long since I've seen it. But, you know, for kids, funny, you know, quick laugh. It, it's good. You know, it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it, but I'm not going to watch it again. And here I am thinking that it was about Frank Tarkinson. <laughs> no. There are football players in the movie, and I, surprisingly enough, I can't even remember which ones there were. It's been so long since I've seen it, but I do remember there being a presence of, I think, four, four NFL players being in the movie, so. Definitely, maybe it doesn't hold up now, but back then it was the, it was the coolest movie. If you're watching this, uh, why don't you do us a favor and list the football players that appear in Little Giants for our sake, just so we can read them off here live. All right, number 28, another documentary. Again, lots of documentaries here. Harvard beats Yale, 29-29. I believe this one's narrated by Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it's recounting the 1968 rivalry between the two Ivy League schools. Have you guys seen this doc, Randy? No, I'm actually super interested in it, though. I love, yeah. um, especially like the 60s era when football started to change. I, I love these, uh, this era of football. So I, I definitely want to check it out. Uh, Matthew? Um, you know, I, I haven't seen it. I may have to watch it. All right. I mean, same here. I, I, love, I mean, I like documentaries, but this one looks very promising uh, um, as well. Number 27, Paper Lion, Alan, Alan Alda from MASH. Journalist, he plays a journalist, tries out, again, person who should not be playing football wants to play football. Journalist tries out for the Detroit Lions with disastrous results. Randy, you ever seen or even heard of this movie before? No, I mean, in my, in my journalism schooling, I, no one ever brought up this as a classic journalism movie to me. I, I, I wonder why, but <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll have to check it out. Uh, Matthew, go ahead. Uh, I haven't seen it, but... Funny story, I once told a parent when I was coaching that their kids shouldn't play football. And, um, yeah, that, that conversation went over really well. I'm not going to get into the finer details of it, but um, if, it's as enter if this movie is as entertaining as that conversation was, I'll give it a watch. And, of course, it, leave it up to the Detroit Lions to have a journalist try out to be uh, on their football team there. Let's move on to the next film, number 26, Horse Feathers. This is the Marx Brothers. Who those, for those who don't know who the Marx Brothers are, uh, they're basically the three stooges, but with better dialogue, apparently. It's football. It's the Marx Brothers styles. I, I believe this. Uh, the synopsis was that uh, owner of a team, I think Groucho Marx owns a team, tries to uh, bring in uh, professional football players to help his team win games, and uh, hilarity ensues. Uh, 1932. Uh, I don't expect you guys to have watched this, Randy. There's no chance I've ever watched a movie from 1932. Matthew? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Randy here. I mean, anything before 1970 might be a bit of a stretch. Stretch. All right. So, but uh, it's the March Brothers. I think it's worth checking out for those. I mean, we're, we're in a quarantine, so if you could find it somewhere out there, go ahead and sit down and watch what 1930 cinema was all about. Semi-tough, number 25. 
this one. Burt Reynolds making his appearance here with Chris Christopherson. What did we just say about uh, previously? The sixth trope. Love interests, love triangles. Football teammates fall in love with the owner's daughter in this one. Have you guys seen this 1977 movie? Randy? I feel like I watched this movie with my grandfather back in the day. I just remember, I, I know Burt Reynolds. I remember watching him, obviously, in The Longest Yard, but there was another football movie I remember him in, and this might have been it. I just, I, I can't confirm nor deny that I've seen it. I just feel like I watched it a long time ago. Uh, Matthew? I have not seen this. Let me read a couple of comments. Vince Burke and Diddy apparently did see the Marx Brothers movie. I think apparently it's hilarious. And uh, mm-hmm. they called us uncultured swine for not uh, watching Great Depression era films. <laughs> Although, 19, okay, so, no, that's Great Depression, yes. Okay, semi Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. there. I, uh, FDR wasn't elected president yet, or maybe he was. Anyway, uh, number 24, Necessary Roughness. This is another one that kind of just uh, triggers my youthful mind here as the 1991, early 90s uh, football uh, movie trailers with Scott Bakula. Sinbad, Kathy Ireland. This is about a college team losing scholarships, so the coach has to get creative and start recruiting a band of misfits, including a female kicker, who is Kathy Ireland. Randy, go ahead and tell us about this movie if you've seen this one. See, I I can't tell you a whole lot about it. I remember watching it. I've definitely seen it because I just – Obviously, I remember certain movies with Sinbad. It's a really weird thing I have where a lot of people remember him as like this genie, but he never actually played a genie. I'm sure you've seen that going around, but I specifically remember him in a football movie. I remember the woman kicker, but I can't tell you much else about this movie. So Bushnell is probably a better person to tell you about about this movie than me. Bushnell, can you tell us something better about this or not? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's a funny movie. I, yeah. I love it. Seeing Scott Bakula as a quarterback. Um, Sinbad always provides a good comedic relief in there, but, you know, it's your typical start off terrible, you know, you got a bunch of losers on one team and then they start forming a team together. They come together and then by the end of the movie, they're winners in a hilarious fashion. So love the movie, like it overall. I'd watch it again. Yeah. I I got this one highlighted in green because this one, again, going back to my childhood and movies that I missed out because I was too young to watch uh, this one will definitely make it uh, to the top of my list of things i got to watch on this list. Gridiron Gang. Oh, boy. Here we go. Now we're getting cooking here. Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? The Rock! X to the Z <laughs> exhibit in this one. X player goes to Juvie to coach us some kids. I absolutely love this movie. I was kind of getting pissed off that it was uh, not on the USA Today list, but uh, and it was poorly ranked on the other list as well. But Felipe's ranking has it all the way up. I absolutely I, I enjoy this movie i adore this movie i love the rock in this one uh this one brings a, a, a little little bit of a choke choky feeling here uh as i do get indeed get uh, start to tear up a little bit when i watch this um I, I can't say enough good things about this randy what about you yeah i think this is the first good movie the rock was in i don't know if that's a hot take or not but i think for a while <laughs> the rock was trying to find himself as an actor. And, and I think this was the one that he really uh, did a good job with. And I think that him in a football setting is natural because he played football in college and he was an athlete. And he's obviously super charismatic and he's a inspiring type guy who can speak really well off the cuff. So I, I think this obviously was an inspiring movie. Like you said, it's very emotional, um, but it, it's good. I think it definitely holds up um, compared to the other game plan movie that he was in. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty critical of rock movies and I think they're, they're getting better, but I think this one was the first one that he was actually really good in. Bushnell, go ahead. You know, I, I, I'm on the fence on this one, literally. Um, I, I think it does a lot of 
interesting retrospective of the juvenile system and what they have and what they need. A lot of the structures missing in their lives, and they get it that you know with through football in this movie. Um, obviously, it is, and I'm going to say this: it's loosely based off of a true story. They right. did take some artistic, you know, um, artistic licensing with it, and you know they put their own spin on a lot of the characters awesome. that wasn't necessarily true. Um, the story about the coach. You know, 100% spot on, you know, did the detention center, coach these kids up. So it's funny because the guy that Exhibit was supposed to be playing was like, is this big guy. He was an offensive lineman in the NFL. You know, he was like 6'5", 300 pounds and everything. And you see little tiny Exhibit next to the rock. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, boy. But it's good entertainment value. It will produce a little bit of a tear in your eye through some of the horrendous circumstances that these kids find themselves in. And you really see how society and a lot of people have failed them in so many aspects in life. So I enjoyed it for a lot of different reasons, but those are some of the few. X to the Z is bigger than life, fortunately. Come on, man. Moving on to number 22. <laughs> no, he ain't that big. X to the Z. The Express at number 22. This is uh, starring Rob Brown from 2008 story of Ernie Davis. I believe he went to Syracuse, right? Uh, you guys can correct me, but apparently this is yep. the first African-American to win the Heisman. Was this before or after Jim Brown, uh, Max? Right after Did, Jim Brown. Right, after, right Jim after Jim Brown. And there is such a significant moment in what happens because Syracuse was all set to retire Jim Brown's number, 44. No one was ever to wear that number ever again. And Ernie Davis went there and the coach at the time wanted to give Ernie 44 because he was like this is my next great running back and you know Jim Brown was initially hesitant but you know he gave them the permission to do that and not only that but at the end you know unfortunately Ernie does die in 1963 you know real life due to leukemia but he gets drafted by the same team that has Jim Brown the Cleveland Browns mm -hmm. um, Ernie Davis was drafted twice once in the NFL Second time in the AFL, you have to remember during those times, he were still two different leagues. They didn't come together for the Super Bowl quite yet, but it's getting closer. Um, in 1962, he was the first overall draft pick by the Washington Redskins. In the AFL draft, he was drafted number four overall by the Cleveland Browns. Fantastic movie. Absolutely loved it. And I, I will say this is a movie that you have to go out and watch to understand how good Ernie Davis would have been. He would have been one of the top five running backs that ever lived along with Jim Brown and Walter Payton and Barry Sanders. And, you know, you can fill in the blank for the other one if you want. Andy, have you seen this one, you say? I, I'm surprised this is so low. I, I love this movie. I think this is one of the best football movies I have ever seen personally because it really tells the story. And I think, obviously, it's a true story. And, and, and people still consider Jim Brown to be one of the greatest running backs of all time, and he is. But for the – fact that this that Syracuse didn't retire his number right away and gave it to this kid uh, many people believe that he would have been better and that's like insane to even think about because Jim Brown is such a legendary figure in the sport especially in Syracuse where he kind of put Syracuse on the map like no one Syracuse wasn't really any good and they, they haven't been that great ever since even Ernie Davis left hey, since so I think he's Hey, Donovan McNabb, all right? Come on. Yeah, man. okay. Uh, all right, whatever. Come on. But <laughs> I, I love this movie. I think they did a really good job of portraying um, 
how he went through how and and I'll get to a, a side note on this in a minute, but he was bleeding out of his nose and kind of just dismissed it like he didn't think anything of it. Yeah. Uh, it turned out that it obviously was leukemia, and um, <clears throat> it was super emotional because him and Jim Brown had a bond, and I thought it was interesting because Jim Brown was like he didn't really take him in right away. I don't feel like, I think he was, there was like a sense of like, this kid might be better than me, but it's yeah. then they like actually kind of had a bond towards the end of it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm kind of mad that we never had, uh, we never got the chance to see how all that would have shaken out because if, if you're telling me this kid would have been better than Jim Brown, I mean, come on, uh, Jim Brown, the whole, a whole franchise exists still because of this guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think that Ernie Davis, the, the express is, is, is one of the, my favorite movies. And I don't know if you guys do this, but every time now, and this movie changed the way I do this. I don't know. I was pretty young when I saw this movie, but every time I blow my nose, I check to see if there's blood in there. <laughs> and, and just because I, I mean, it's very serious. I mean, people go through this all the time, but now, like ever since I saw that movie, like what if I was bleeding? What if it was that, you know, I, I I'm very, it's just something I do now ever since I saw that movie. But if you haven't seen the express, it's a true story. It's very much like the Jackie Robinson movie too, yeah. because they they're in an era where, obviously, they were not accepted. So when they go play a football game down in Texas, they're getting stuff thrown at them. They're getting abused. They're getting mm-hmm. haunted at, um, and it's really inspiring how both of them overcame that. So uh, if you haven't watched it, it's it's a very inspiring movie. I love it. Well, let me uh, lightning round questions: Yes or no, uh, guys? Uh, does this movie involve a nerdy kid who shouldn't be playing football but plays football? Yes or no? No. The answer is no. No, okay. no, no, no. Is it about high school football? No. Okay. no. Is it about a tough t- transition from football to ordinary life? No. no. Okay. Is it a? Is there a backdrop of an industry or how people in the town live day to day at all? I'll take that as a no. Not really. Uh, is this? Uh, is uh, is there a football game more important than the last one until the next one? Take, uh, you're I mean, there's a to... really important football game in the game, but it's not. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, so that's a no. Is there a love interest? No. Okay, yeah. well, this is why uh, it's ranked number 22, you guys. Well, right? None of well, the, hey, hey, hey. That's how people rank these movies, these football movies. So one of these has to be in here, and it's not. That's why it's number 22, all right? So that's the reason. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dennis Quaid was in it. Does that get some points? Um, yeah, why not? Uh, I, I'm just pointing out that this is football movies. This is how people love football movies. Like, meanwhile, guys like us have to like scour the earth for a really good football movie. And uh, meanwhile, these Hollywood producers are trying to make sure that the little boys and little girls and all the women who don't watch football watch this football movie. Anyway, let's move on to number 21, the program also highlighted in green. Again, early 90s, Felipe used to watch this. Uh, 10-year-old Felipe used to watch the trailers. I mean, man, I would really love to see this movie while everybody wanted to watch, I don't know, The Lion King or some shit, Aladdin. I wanted to watch the program. This is about a college coach who has to win a championship or else he gets fired. Uh, Randy, again, we'll start with you. You ever watched the program? I have not. Uh, I've definitely heard of it, and I've definitely, like, read about it. And then, mm-hmm. like, when you search greatest football movies, it comes up in a lot of lists. Yeah. But uh, I have not, actually never seen it myself. Bushnell, have you seen this one? Uh, probably about 30 to 40 times. Oh, wow. We got an expert like, over here. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it, it was a big movie to watch in high school before games. Mm, yeah. Like, we'd sit around and they would turn on the movie, you know, kind of as inspiration or whatnot. Um, yeah, I mean, I, for what the movie was, you know, you, you get Omar Epps, um, you know, James Caan, and 
just a, I think Robin Givens is also in this movie, if I'm correct, as the love interest. So it has journalism, it has a love triangle, it has steroid abuse. Oh, right. Um, I knew I would love this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the next game being bigger than the last game. Absolutely. I mean, it's just got everything in it. Fortunately, let me ask you a question. Uh, the basketball podcast mentioned blue chips. And when I think about blue chips, I think about the program basically being the same movie. Am I right in that assessment? Well, first and foremost, have you ever seen blue chips? Yeah. Nick Nolte, Shaq, Penny. Penny. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Um, it, it's, I don't look at it as the same movie. Um, mm. Blue Chips really goes along the lines of a coach um, foregoing his morality in order to get wins. Um, this, the program kind of gives you a glimpse of that with, um, I believe, the defensive lineman's Latimer, who's using steroids. Mm. And the coach, it's just really showing the coach feeling the pressure to win and losing control of the team at the same time. His quarterback's turning into an alcoholic. Um, he's trying to get his defensive, his stud star defensive lineman off steroids. The best player on the team and the, you know, the heartbeat of the team, their linebacker suffers a broken leg and he's never going to play football again. And when the coach visits him, he basically – the linebacker's whole thing was, coach, the only thing I need to know how to read or write is when I sign my name on my NFL contract. So he breaks his leg and his football career is over with. So you get that part. He has to transition to a normal life. So yeah, the kids yeah, just go. keep on coming with this movie. And um, yeah, when the coach goes sees him, he's in the hospital bed. He's like, my life's over, coach. Damn. So it, there's so many aspects to this movie. It's, it's a soap opera. It's a play, and it's a sports movie all in one. All right, let's quickly move on to number 20 here, The Waterboy. Uh, I'm not a fan of Adam Sandler, but here's Adam Sandler along with Henry Winkler. Uh, I put down that this is a Cajun Waterboy becoming a violent football player. Again, nerdy kid, wants to play football, gets to play football, and it turns out that he's pretty good at football. Uh, I'll give you guys the floor. I don't like Sandler. I, I don't know if you guys like Sandler. Go ahead, Randy. You tell me how. Adam Sandler's so good in your life. All right, there, there's a there's a big four of Adam Sandler movies, and you can rank them whatever way um, oh, you'd like. Um, but there there's Big Daddy, there's Billy Madison, there's Happy Gilmore, and there's The Waterboy. And to me, I mean, it's a top four Adam Sandler movie, and whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But I love The Waterboy. I think that if you love football, whether however you feel about Adam Sandler, this movie's hilarious. It, it really is so funny. I mean, the way he speaks. Kathy Bates being his mom, him turning into a college football legend just based on the fact that anyone who insults his mama is going down. I mean, this is a classic <laughs> movie. Anytime this movie's on TV, I'm watching it. I love the one, and I love Adam Sandler in this movie. And, and this movie, it's a, what's not to like about it? Come on, Felipe. Okay. Uh, Bush, have you ever seen The Water Boy? Uh, well, of course, I've seen The Water Boy. Um, Funny, if you guys have listened to past podcasts that Randy and I have done, there's actually a line in this movie that we used quite often in one particular podcast after the Super Bowl. <laughs> so yep. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil that line. You guys have to go back and watch it if you want to see that one. Uh, of course, all these podcasts are on YouTube, so strongly go check out Life Group <clears throat> Podcasts for um, subscriptions. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then watch the Deep Thirds football podcast after the Super Bowl. Just going to put that one out there. <laughs> nice plug. 
right. Number 19, The Replacements. Gene no, Hackman. No, 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 oh, we're still no, on the other no. movie. Oh, we're still talking about that. Okay. No, 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 no. We are not moving on yet. I thought we were done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad your audio is cutting out because, Felipe, there is one specific reason why you would love this movie. Okay. And because Paul White... <laughs> aka the big show is in this movie and he plays a wrestler and you would love him his name is captain insano and his finishing move shades of rick flair is a finger poke in the eye oh it's not but you have to watch the movie to get that right i'll pass all right, not going to move on. Are we done with this? Are we done with this love fest, Random Sandler? All right, number 19, <laughs> The Replacements, Gene Hackman, Keanu Reeves. This is literally a movie about scat football players. Uh, Matt, uh, since you've talked to me about this one, go ahead and uh, take the floor on this. Oh, yeah, I mean, this is a low-key, really funny movie. I mean, seeing Keanu Reeves, as because now I, I will never get the name. God, I can't remember what his name was in this movie. Joe Six, Flack? What's that? No, I don't know. But I, I always look at him like, that's the guy. You know, every time I watch John Wick, I can't, I just think of him, I just think of Keanu Reeves as his quarterback in The Matrix. Shane Falco, like, bud. Shane Flack, that's it, yes. And, and that's Shane what Falco. I always think of. Falco. Flacco, same quarterback. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is better. <laughs> yes, he probably was. <laughs> Uh, but oh man, yeah, this is funny's movie. They have um, God, is it Orlando Jones in here? I believe. Um, I'm not sure if that's his name or not. I might, I might be thinking of the wrestler, but yeah, no, <laughs> it's a funny movie. I I love this movie. Randy. Yeah, anytime I'm flipping through any channel and I see Shane Falco on there, number fourteen, I'm watching it. Uh, this is a classic rewatchable football movie, and uh, if you haven't got the chance to see replacement, say you got you got to check it out. Uh, moving quickly, moving to number eighteen, undefeated. Another documentary. This might be the best one of the bunch so far. Number eighteen. This is about high school football in Memphis, going from losers to winners. Randy, have you seen Undefeated yet? I have not seen Undefeated. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, uh, Matt. You know, I don't think I, I, this is one of them. I may have seen. I'm trying to read the description. Um, high school in Memphis. Eh, nope, haven't seen it yet. Uh, all right, never mind. Uh, well, apparently, it's a good one. It uh, it appeared a couple of times on these lists, so um, so it might be worth our, the trouble there. Draft day. Uh, Kevin Costner, 2014. Literally a movie about the NFL draft. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about Kevin Costner, but Randy, go ahead and take over right now. Uh, I'm just gonna make a, a a comment here that Vince commented earlier, saying draft day. A lot of people hated and yeah. he loved, and I, I I agree. This movie is very underrated because it's about the NFL draft. I mean, whether uh, it's realistic that the Browns could be competent in any way is besides the point. This is about how the process works, and I think that they did a good job of showing what it's like in that moment of GMs calling GMs, trying to make things work, trying to work out trades, overthinking a prospect because he doesn't get along. He's not any friends with, he's not friends with his teammates. He doesn't get along with his teammates. He doesn't have any friends. He has a birthday party. No one cares. Like, why does no one like him? Like, these are the things these guys go, like, go through in their mind. Like, this is my franchise quarterback and everyone hates him. Like, that's the thing that people think about. And it's like a lot of things like that. You don't, you don't sit there and be like, oh, I really want my team to draft this defensive end. But you don't think about, oh, is he, is he a real jerk in real life? Is he have personality issues? Is he a bad person in general? So there's so many things that like, the Wonder Lake, who I mean, the Wonder Lake in, in theory really means nothing other than yeah. how like smart they are in a quick amount of time. But <laughs> some people think about that. But the only reason I like this movie is 
they the, what the Browns wouldn't do to have Kevin Costner as the GM in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turned he made the greatest moves ever and completely avoided a train wreck situation by picking their twentieth quarterback in the fifteen year span. But uh <clears throat> I I love this movie. I think that anyone who likes football and who looks forward to the draft every year kinda has a soft spot for this movie. Matthew. This movie is just pure horseshit. Like <laughs> everything about it is garbage. It's so unrealistic. First of all, I'm gonna start tearing this down immediately. Oh if if anyone thought that they didn't do all that research before the day of the draft for a quarterback, you're out of your flipping mind. You're not going to trade that sort of capital unless you know everything about this guy. They have FBI agents following these kids. Like, there is everything that they can possibly do to do that. And then to trade three second-round picks for a top-ten pick? Like, what the hell? No, no one's doing that. You're going to get a first-round pick in the next year if you trade. No one's trading out of the first round unless they get another first round in return. It just Bushel, doesn't You're happen. forgetting that Bill O'Brien exists. Well, look, Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh God! All right, I'm done. I, I want to read that. No, I'm not saying the movie's realistic, but I think there's something to be said about an owner with an expectation about a player coming down on you, saying "Make it happen," and you having second thoughts about that because this guy employs you. If you did something he did not like, there's a reasonable expectation you won't have a job anymore. I think that's something that happens more often than you think. Uh, uh, quick well, comment. No. Let me just read yeah. this quick comment really from Vince. Uh, the Browns being competent is less realistic than the end results of that draft. So uh, not a fan, apparently, uh, of the plot line there, I guess. Uh, Matt, go ahead. Well, and, you know, just to kind of go back to the owner of the Browns and the pressure. Yeah, I mean, the pressure is always there. I mean, we know it's there. And if you're a football fan and you don't think that the owner doesn't have a lot of say in what happens in their organization, I mean, either you have a really successful franchise or, you know, you're the Chicago Bears. So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, the, the movie in itself, like, the Jacksonville Jaguar GM would have been fired immediately after that trade. The Seattle GM, like, I've seen that guy in a lot of movies, and I just, like, it's always forgettable parts, but I know he's been in movies, and I just can't put my uh, finger on it. And then um, the guy from House, the owner of the Seahawks, I remember him more from House than any he, anything he's done in any other movies. So, yeah, no, this movie is forgettable for me. I hate watch this. Like, the first time I watched it, like, I just wanted to punch myself in the face ten times after the movie was over with, and I bowed to I, myself. I, I thought that, too, after the first time I watched it, but it grew, it grew on me after a little while. I know, I know it's completely unrealistic, and the plot point is really dumb, but there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I like that movie. I don't know. It sounds like every yeah. Kevin Costner movie ever. Number 16, yeah. Invincible. Uh, Marky Mark plays, wants to play football. Some dude tries out for the Philadelphia Eagles, inspires an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, again, only the Eagles can do this shit, right? Uh, Matt, let's start with you this time around. What do you think about this one if you've seen it? I've seen it. And, yay, it's one of those inspirational movies. But this movie just had so much other stuff going on. And, you know, I 
this may just be me. I like Mark, like my favorite Mark Wahlberg movie of all time is The Other Guys, just because I think he does like dumb jock comedy better than almost anybody else out there. So um, I've watched it. I don't like it. I wouldn't watch it again. Andy, go ahead. Uh, this was a, a based off of a true story, right? I, I, I think don't, so, yeah. Part yeah, time. I don't even know who the yep. player was. Is this in the 80s? I, I've never seen this movie. 70s. 78, I believe, 78. Yeah. Okay. Vince Papala. Okay. Wow. So I think that's it's cool that it's based off of a true story. My least favorite part of it is that it's the Eagles uh, and some sort of success. Uh, that combination is I'm not a fan of, so... <laughs> I, I'm not a fan of a Boston guy going to Philly and helping the Eagles win. So uh, forgive me for, for not have seen not have, uh, seen this movie. But I like the idea that it's a it's a, it's a true, true story and some some 30 year old something bartender made it to the NFL. I think that part of it is cool. Uh, just to finish off this section, uh, Vince uh, earlier commented, "This is a good section of movies. Invincible, underrated. Draft date. Lots of people hated it, and I loved it." And Waterboy is the third best Adam Sandler movie ever, including Uncut Gems. So, Kurt Uncut Gems is very bad. So, wow. Okay, did not expect that. I've heard. I've not seen. I've heard. You heard things. All right. Oh my God. Here we go. Number fifteen. All the right moves. Tom Cruise, Leah Thompson, Craig T. Nelson. Before he became coach on the TV show Coach. I love this film. Uh, This is the backdrop: high school football in a small Pennsylvania steel town. Again. What's the industry? It's the steel industry, and it's going down because everything's being sold to the Japanese or some shit. I don't know. Uh, but it's like Tom Cruise desperately wants to get a, a letter of recommendation so, so he can go to college and get out of this town. And, and, and there's a little bit – even though he's being glorified because he plays high school football, at the same time there's a lot of jealousy going on because he's going to use football as a vehicle to get the hell out of that dinky-ass town. Um, but I, I, I had to watch this for, uh, for my high school sociology uh, class a long, 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 long time ago. And it just kind of stuck with me all throughout these years. I definitely suggest, highly suggest this movie for those who have never watched it before. Uh, Matt, you ever seen All the Right Moves with Tom Cruise? Matthew? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it. Um, Don't like it because mainly I don't like anything Tom Cruise touches. This one's a good one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely in his short list of really good movies that... For, for, for me, like, it, it wasn't bad. Um, it, it's a decent football movie. Obviously, you have the love interest and everything and the whole college issue. And, God, I think Craig T. Nelson plays a prick almost better than anybody else in the history of television. I love Craig T. Nelson. He was born to play a football coach. Randy, would you agree with that much? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my only thought on this movie is this is well before Tom Cruise went insane. Uh, I think that he he did movies really well in this time period, and we'll get to an even better football movie that he did in a little bit. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think this is a as a good uh, rewatch of a football movie. But not my favorite movie ever, but I, I mean, I liked it. Yeah, this is one of those where if it's on, I'm watching it no matter where it is. Uh, if it's ever yeah, on, it's very underrated. I think just in general. Number fourteen, The Freshman, Harold Lloyd, nineteen twenty five, for us uncultured swines. Uh, nerdy guy looking for girls in glory tries out for the college football team. I mean, guys, this is where it started. This is this is the blueprint to every <laughs> dork who wants to play football, playing football. It starts right here in 1925. Uh, I, I can pretty much safely assume that neither of you two have ever watched this movie before. Right, Randy? 
this movie came out 95 years ago. There's no <laughs> chance I've ever seen this movie. He did the math. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> it's pretty easy math to do. I mean, we're in 2020. So. Uh, and Matt, just make it official. You've never seen this one before either, right? No. Yeah, let's, let's move on. Let's go. North Dallas 40. This is another one where not only did I want to I, – I always wanted to watch this movie, but I wanted to read the book. And, and that's my thing. If, once I'm infatuated about reading a book first, I'm a very slow reader uh, in terms of like getting around to reading these books before they become movies. So that's why it hasn't happened yet. But Nick Nolte stars as a Dallas Cowboys player. Sex, drugs, alcohol, and maybe some football. I mean, this is the Dallas Cowboys of the 70s, right? Fancy <laughs> yes. Ahead. Yeah, I mean, even with my hatred for the Cowboys, this is a great, this is a, an all-time football movie for me. I mean, obviously, 1979 is still in my time frame of movies that I would watch. It's not like just the 20s. Uh, Nick Nolte, amazing. I think he's really what does really well in sports settings. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, even as much as me, someone who hates the Cowboys, I think this is a really great football movie. Matthew, you ever watched North Dallas 40? Yeah, yeah, I, I liked it, actually. Um, I always like you ever have an actor that a lot of people don't look highly upon, but you always love his work? That's kind of Nick Nolte for me. I just mentioned love, earlier, yeah. Yeah, I, Nick Nolte's work is is always a hit for me, whether it's Blue Chips, North Dallas 40. I mean, hell, Tropic Thunder, he was awesome in Tropic Thunder, if you guys haven't seen that yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the movie. All right, let's move on to Varsity Blows. There goes my hero. Oh, I love Varsity Varsity Blues. I mean, all-star cast all around. I, I can only fit so many names on this list, but James Vanderbeek, Paul Walker, rest in peace, John Voigt, um, the quarterbacks for a Texas high school football uh, team uh, do a mutiny against the Tiger Rest. coach. Uh, I mean, bro, this movie has everything, has uh, good football action, has uh, we go into the lives of uh, these these morally corrupt kids who are seen as superheroes because they win football games. And as soon as they start losing football games, they're seen as lesser beings. And then you look at the rest of the town and there's a, there's a lot of uh, vicarious living, living through these kids. And once these kids start to falter, they're, they're treated as equals. Uh, like they're once football is over, once high school is over, you're one of us now, you're just ordinary. Right. Uh, and that's why there's a scene with the father uh, uh, that uh, he tells Dawson over there. He tells Dawson, there's that big game coming. Again, big game. There's a big game coming up this Friday. What are you doing? It's this is about your life. And then Dawson's like, I don't want your life. And I still, to this day, do that <laughs> do that quote every time somebody tells me, what are you doing about the, the build? I don't want your life. I want to go to Brown. I mean, he wants bigger, well, better Felipe on this podcast. Look at that. Oh, yeah. You get everything with me, bro. Uh, Randy, since you spoke up first, like, how awesome is Varsity Blues in your eyes? This is a top five football movie for me, if not top three. This movie has everything. I mean, as far as your checklist goes, this next big game currently <laughs> happening is the biggest game ever. In this movie is the, a personification of that. I mean, they do everything that they can <laughs> to win every single game. And this movie is, is incredible to me. I love the Paul Walker, James Vanderbeek dynamic, how their season is almost over because of, uh, of um, <clears throat> I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting, I almost had a Friday Night Lights segment in there. That's a whole different movie, but this is the Odessa, Texas setting, right? No, uh, this is, no. Uh, this is something. Other That's Friday Night Lights. Yeah, okay. Still, I love Varsity Blues. I, I love that uh, when, when, Paul Walker goes down. James Vanderbeek, like you said, his dad doesn't believe in him. His dad <laughs> says he's not going to be anything. He doesn't take it that seriously. <laughs> he leaves them to success anyway. I love our Blues. I, I, I could watch this movie any day. 
Corey Vanderbeek, he just wants to go to Brown. And then the dad's like, but what about the Friday night game? Like, I don't want your life. I want to go to Brown. I want to go. I want to be part of the Princeton Harvard rivalry. Uh, Bushnell, what thoughts on this movie? Go ahead. So there's about four iconic scenes in this movie. Four? Yes. One, the whipped cream bikini. Yep. Yes. Yes. I knew you were so, going to say that. So all right. Second one, Skeeter's third. And I think everyone can relate. Third was um, basically everyone could relate that played high school football was basically comparing their head coach to the head coach in the movie. Mm-hmm. And four was the running back, um, the coach trying to get the running back's knee shot up. I oh. mean, Jesus, this movie was so ahead of its time. Yep. Unbelievable. 1999. Um, yep. I mean, just, it, it, it touched on everything. And that's well, right. I, what was the injury? He broke his leg in the first game, right? The quarterback or the running back? The running back. No, 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 no. The running back had a torn ligament in his knee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the quarterback I, I, broke his leg. Yeah, right. Because I was like, I always wondered why, like, the, the broken leg isn't a death sentence. He can play. He can come back at some point during the season. Yeah. That always was, that was always like a flaw in the, in the plot point for me. Oh, but then Dawson took over, man. I know, it, what's his, Mox, Moxon or whatever, but no, it's Dawson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck it, Dawson. It's John Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Gia. Yeah. Moxley. All right. All right, we got off the rails here. Let's Too much move. wrestling talk on this podcast. Oh, I love it, man. They, they intertwine all the time. That's Vince McMahon always tries to make uh, wrestlers out of football players. Uh, speaking of football, Newt Rockney, Notre Dame. Uh, this is the old... Uh, the quote about winning one for the Gipper, Ronald Reagan plays the Gipper as he's about to die. Uh, 1940, Newt Rockney, we all know who he is at this point. Uh, any other thoughts on him, uh, Randy? I, I just always get, I, I mean, I know my like presidential history, but Ronald Reagan is showing up in like a castless for movies. <laughs> Never not weird for me. <laughs> well, he like, I know he was a movie star, so yeah, man. I get that, but it's still, he, I mean, he, obviously the president now is famous for other reasons yeah, too. So infamous, it's just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bushnell, what do you think about uh, Newt Rockney, the movie from 1940? So here's my feelings about Notre Dame movies. You, you guys know the story about Oedipus, right? When, yeah, sure. You know, and he burned his eyes out with a stake. Gouged his eyes out, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to do every time I hear about a Notre Dame movie, and if I'm forced to watch it, just take my eyes. I don't, I don't want to watch this crap. <laughs> I mean, More on that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's save it for another big show. Hey, Big Show, again. Hell, it's the Big Show. Heaven yeah. Heaven can wait, uh, number 10 here. Warren Beatty. This one looks very interesting. I might want to watch. I know I didn't highlight it, but I didn't want to over-highlight this list. But this is one that is interesting. Uh, quarterback uh, wins the starting role for the, uh, I guess it's still the Los Angeles Rams back in the day, 1978. Dies in a car accident, but gets a second chance because it wasn't his time yet. So Heaven literally makes him wait and puts him in another body. Uh, in the form of a businessman who also died but came back to life just for this uh, quarterback, Warren Beatty. Uh, I assume you guys didn't watch this. Go ahead, uh, Randy. I mean, just on the description, it sounds kind of weird to me. I don't know if I would even like it that much. So I, I can't say I've ever seen it, nor am I that interested. Warren Beatty is the goods. Uh, there's a, that's the only reason I might want to watch yeah. it. Matt, go ahead. 
Yeah, I watched it. I like it. It, oh. it, it it's a pretty interesting movie. So yeah, I, I give it three pieces of pie. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of pie. Yes. All right, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, you guys. We're inside the top ten any given Sunday. I just started watching it this morning. Typical, uh, well, I was going to say typical Oliver Stone, but I don't think, yeah, this isn't like the same as Platoon or anything like that. But uh, if you want, uh, like, you know, a close-up of uh, how hardcore football is, the sounds are loud, the music's loud, the hits are loud, everything is loud, in your face, <clears throat> literally in your face, so many close-ups, and that's only after 30 minutes of watching it. Uh, but it stars Al Pacino, Jimmy Fox. This is 1999 Jimmy Fox. So he's, as far as I'm concerned, he just got out of uh, doing A Living Color. Um, this is on my timeline. LL Cool J uh, does one of his best songs ever because of this movie. Randy, what more can you say about this film? I, I mean, you, you did a great job of leading it in. I think that, you know, Varsity Blues and Any Given Sunday are way too low on this list. Uh, Any Given Sunday is such a classic movie. It's star-studded. And, and much like another movie we'll talk about in a moment, this has an all-time coach speech. Uh, Al Pacino knocks it out of the park. It's just one of those things that, like, if you wanted to get pumped up for anything, you can just go on YouTube and type that in and just spend the minute and a half listening to how he gets his, his team pumped up for that game. Um, yeah, I, I mean, that's it's just another classic movie, and I think Jamie Foxx and Noel Cool J do a great job in it as well. I think this, the casting is, is way ahead of its time for 99 as well. Before I transition to Bush, I just want to say a little story about myself here. Uh, so back in college, uh, when I went to the Bry, uh, I was in speech class. And they, they had me do a speech on, uh, on somebody, I don't know, that either I admire or someone that I respect or, or someone who deserves more of our, I don't know what the hell the topic, but, but, but I chose Jamie Foxx. And this is Jamie Foxx before he went on to win the Oscar for Ray. Uh, so I want to just, you know, give myself a little credit for predicting Jamie Foxx's career arc going all the way up. So you're welcome, uh, America. Bush now. Any given Sunday, your thoughts? This is definitely in my top three all-time football movie list. I mean, we talk about life imitating art. How much did this movie, how much did art imitate life? My favorite iconic scene from this movie is Lawrence Taylor standing on top of that car with a chainsaw and just chainsawing it right in half when he was coked out of his mind. <laughs> oh, my God. Seeing Lawrence Taylor as a coked-up linebacker was so poetic justice. So, no, I mean, you talk about Al Pacino as the coach, um, a quarterback that is on his last legs and doesn't want to help his young understudy because he, he's – mainly because he has a perception of he doesn't care and he's black mm -hmm. so you can't have any black quarterbacks in this league either uh-huh nfl so <laughs> you just really see a, a lot of aspects of life and how things like all these movies take little swipes at the nfl and i just love it i, I do love the nfl but i also like the little digs you know anytime you can make fun of the big bag and the real world but this movie just hit on so many points ll cool j is always a fantastic actor i love so much of ll's work and everything that he does it's kind of like ice t i like ice t and almost everything that he does um, I, I like ice with my meals there you go <laughs> <laughs> and dennis quaid's in this movie too yeah uh, oh yeah 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 another mention he, of dennis quaid he gets around in these movies man he's like yeah. a sports junkie Really so, quick, I just wanted to point out, you mentioned the digs at the NFL. Uh, there's also, I, I left off at the part where uh, Cameron Diaz is being told that, that 
Los Angeles is going to start funding for a football stadium. Again, this is a world where there are no football teams in Los Angeles, I guess. So, and so there's a dig that the guy's telling Cameron Diaz, like, hey, if anything, you could probably uh, get the city right now to uh, leverage that so they can fund you a stadium right here, play them against each other, make a lot of money, and then you can retire. So uh, excellent point about the digs against the NFL. I like that a lot, Matt. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh, so let's move on to number eight, Ryan's yeah. song. Before we move on, Cameron oh, Diaz, 1999. Oh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. just a nice person to put in the movies in the 90s and <laughs> 2000s. Yeah, just, just, just more, more early Cameron Diaz. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> just have to put that one in there. <laughs> Brian's, Brian's song. Uh, this is not a theatrical release. This is a made-for-TV movie starring James Con again. Uh, James Con gets around in this list too. Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. Bears running backs Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers uh, formed a strong relationship. Uh, Bri- uh, sorry, not Brian. Uh, Matthew. This movie seems to be uh, one that place close to your heart so why don't you tell us a little bit about this yeah well I mean Felipe is obviously cutting out there he went on mute unknowingly there but Brian's song is a very emotional um, type of movie it it really makes you feel a lot of different types of emotions Um, obviously it's about Brian Piccolo the Chicago Bears fullback and when Gail Sayers was there um the reason why Brian Piccolo meant so much to Gail Sayers was because Gail Sayers suffered a horrific knee injury and Brian just kept on pushing them and pushing them. And it's really about bond of two friends. And obviously Brian lost his life tragically too soon due to cancer at the time, because, you know, during the sixties, they really didn't know too much about cancer, much like Ernie Davis. We take advantage. I think we take for granted, how we look at leukemia now it's not like a death sentence back in the 60s you had leukemia you're dead like we didn't have all these treatments so brian's song is one of my favorite movies i I, i'm not going to put in my top three football movies but as far as his favorite movies if it's on i'm watching brian's song i just i I love that movie a lot uh and then randy I, i don't think you've seen this one right no i mean i defer to the bears fans in this situation because obviously it's about gail sarah's and and Piccolo and, and the, the emotional relationship that they had. But I, I, I can appreciate uh, the inspiration and emotion that a movie like that can bring out because it's almost too real. Um, but, you know, I've never seen it, but obviously uh, Matt did such a good, great, great job um, <clears throat> describing it. And I've definitely heard of it before. And obviously I know Gil Sayers is, but I, I actually have not ever seen it, but I definitely want to see it. I've never seen it either. But, I mean, growing up in Chicago, it's like it's almost like a rite of passage. Like if you were of this mm-hmm. time of 1971 and you had kids in the 90s, I mean, I, I have one, one of my classmates actually do uh, a book report on Brian Piccolo just because of this movie. And I didn't know the hell Brian Piccolo was, but I knew who Gail Sarah was. But, that, I mean, it, it's like a Chicago institution almost. Uh, Matt, a quick question for you. Uh, I think Walter Payton and, and there was another running back. It was a Matt Suey, Suey or whatever. That had yeah, kind of yeah. Similar, yeah, and yeah, so it's like a Bears running back tradition as well. It just continues on. So it's a very poetic uh, story, uh, you know, from a – from a Bears, uh, Chicago Bears perspective as well as that story will repeat itself about, what, 20 years later, 30 years later? Uh, anyway, yeah. yeah. The Blind Side, uh, the story about Michael O'Rourke. Sandra Bullock, Michael Aaron. Michael Orr, thank you. Big dude moves in with foster family who figures he should be good at football things. Randy, what do you think about The Blind Side? Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a kind of a sucker for these true stories. I really am. Uh, I love that um, 
Michael Orr, the subject, obviously, this movie, you know, got adopted. Sandra Bullock plays uh, the foster parent. I believe she plays the mother. Um, but, you know, they, they, he, they recognize, obviously, he's a gigantic human and let's throw him in there. But I, I forget the exact plot point, but I believe he, they tell him to just imagine that the quarterback is Sandra Bullock, right? Or imagine that the quarterback is someone that he truly cares about. Similar to like a Waterboy philosophical uh, connection there where it's like, don't let anyone hurt them. So that automatically in his mind triggers that. I'm not going to let you get to that person and hurt them no matter what. And I think that it's really cool that this was a <clears throat> portrayed in the fact that he didn't understand football as a whole completely when he first started playing, but the, he understood that that aspect of that game where he had to protect the blind side. And that's like, obviously when it comes to football standards, the quarterback is the most uh, the highest paid person. And then the left tackle is the second highest paid person because you have to protect the goods. Um, so I think that, you know, this movie does a really great job of portraying his life and his inspiration and how, uh, well, he understood that aspect of I have to protect what I love, and I think that like we all can kind of relate to that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good uh, callback to the Water Boy is that that little trigger. Matt, you ever seen uh, The Blind Side? And I'm just going to caution everybody: do not ask Michael Orr about this movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he 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 has sued Disney over it. I'm not sure where that case is in litigation, but um, yeah, Disney really took a lot of um, liberties with this, a lot of artistic liberties. Um, he, he said a lot of the things in the movie didn't happen or weren't portrayed, and he actually sued them for defamation of character. Mm. Wow. Mm. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So he, he was pretty pissed. The thing about Michael Orr, like they portrayed him as this like this kid that struggled in school. Michael Orr was an all-American academic wow. performer in college. Yeah. Like he is really, really smart. So that was the basis of the defamation of character lawsuit against Disney. Good for him. Go get him, kid. Uh, he's retired, right? I did not know. He's retired. I, yeah, he just retired recently. Yep. All right, let's go. I did not know that though, Matt. That kind of changes yeah. the way I feel about that movie a little bit. I didn't realize it. Yeah, that's uh, why that I don't like. Kind that's of... why I have no interest in watching. Yeah, he, he was pissed. Yeah, kind of reality just uh, spoiling the fictionalized work here. Uh, number six, The Longest Yard, Burt Reynolds. Once again, Burt Reynolds loves football movies, 1974. Burt Reynolds also used to play football at the Florida State University. Uh, shout out to Johnny Ortega, who's a big FSU <laughs> fan. Uh, this is about the prison team going against corrupt prison guards, and now you're kind of rooting for the bad guys who are playing the good guys who are bad. Uh, Randy, you're shaking your head as if you've watched this before. Go ahead. If you've seen it, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this is a classic football movie. I, mean, I think anyone who, even if you don't like football, you, you, you like this movie. And I think that, okay, I'm going to point out a couple of things here. First, R.I.P. Burt Reynolds. Second off, I'm a millennial. I have to make that very clear here because what I'm about to say might offend a couple people. And I think you guys might know where I'm going at with this. But this movie was remade by your boy, oh. Adam Sandler. Um, and I think it's a better version of the movie. <laughs> I think it's funnier. And I think they did a really good job of recreating it and making it more modern. And, <laughs> and the characters that they played, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kevin oh, hell, son. Goldberg. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of wrestlers in that movie. Either way, I, that's my personal opinion. Whether you think it's bad or not, I understand. But whether you like the original in 1974 with Reynolds, it's still a great movie to go back to watch. I think no matter what, if either of them are on TV, I'm going to sit down and watch because I love the aspect of, or I love the thought of, all right, these guys are in jail and they're just doing their time, but then 
uh, they have to assemble a group of juveniles and create a team to play a group of organized guards to play football with other guards. Like that, that concept is still fascinating to me. And I, I don't like, is that real? I, I think it might be real, but I, I mean, just think just, it's crazy to me that that actually happened. We just talked about, uh, was it uh, prison? Uh, what was the other movie called? The Gridiron uh, Gang. Gridiron Gang. So <laughs> maybe it is a possibility. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matthew, go ahead. Have you seen this movie? Yeah, I'm, I've seen both iterations. I'm not. <sighs> I, I I didn't like the remake that much. It, it it seemed to live on the cameos and the cheap pops, as you would refer to the wrestling world. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of typical Sandler movie, apparently. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just a lot of cheap pops, and I, I wasn't a fan of the remake. The first one wasn't bad because I, I Prime Burt Reynolds was always really good in his own little way. And I always kind of liked um, Bert. In, in this movie, it was just kind of sad to see because you saw Bert almost really dying right before your eyes. And I don't think he's dead yet, but he might be. He is dead. He is I don't dead. know. I think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, Bert Reynolds' name came up in the pop culture group as I'm trying to get uh, our guy Jake Schwartz to do a tournament of the greatest fictional cars ever. Uh, fastest I don't know, fast or whatever. I don't know. But Burt Reynolds also played Bandit, so that's why yep. kind of relevant to life, uh, the life group crossover. By the way, Longest Yard, available on Netflix. So I'm going to have to put that on my uh, list of things to watch on Netflix. I'll say this before we move on. The, the remake, the best part of the remake is that Burt Reynolds has a presence in it. So he yeah. like a callback to the original. And I think they did a really good job of having him being the coach but him still having the mean machine jersey and him coming in and still making a play at the end. I love that. Yeah, that did have some sentimental feel to it. I just just couldn't get over, like, Sandler flooding the movie with a bunch of, you know, I I don't want to say they were, you know, media stars at that time because really i mean wrestling was still pretty big at that time it just kind of felt like he put a lot of filler and lost some substance in there as well i, don't know, I really like michael Irvin's role in that movie i like nelly's role in that movie yeah I, I think that they did some good job good, good stuff in that movie moving on to jerry Maguire, uh top five right here you guys uh jerry Maguire, show him the money tom cruise cuba goody jr making another appearance tom cruise making another appearance i mean when it works it works right Football player wants the money to be shown and his agent obliges. Uh, let's start with Randy. What did you think about this one? That's kind of a lackluster synopsis of this, Felipe. That's the first one I think I really have a big problem with. They're all lackluster. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy was a, a super agent, and then he had all these clients until one of his uh, – the agency he works for just gives him the boot. says, get out of here. Get the hell out of here. And then one of the other agents who works for that agency takes all of his other clients on him and the only one that doesn't leave him is Cuba Gooden Jr., who also is a undersized, gritty, kind of emotional, a little overdramatic receiver who isn't getting paid what he wants to get paid, and he's worried that, that his next contract's going to be his last, and he wants it to be enough to support his family, which he has kids and he's got a wife and everything. And I think that, that they really do it. Like his, his mission statement, which he calls a, 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 um, Renee Zellweger, who we talked about earlier, calls a, a memo and he's like kept saying it's just a mission statement is that he's very personal and that he truly cares about all of his players but really he cares kind of like he was almost bigger than the players he represented because of how big everyone knew who Jerry Maguire was every time he was in a crowd everyone's like oh my gosh Jerry Maguire it's Tom Cruise good looking guy uh, got a lot of money obviously but when his whole world came crashing down Cuba Gooden Jr. is the only guy who stuck with him 
obviously that famous scene of show me the money like they're on the phone screaming at each yeah. other i love that um this movie my biggest complaint is that it's too long and uh <laughs> there's too much renee zellweger love triangle here oh, um for me i i just don't understand throughout the whole movie he doesn't try to get any other of his clients back and he's just good with having one client um i i know that they mentioned he gets like four percent or whatever of a contract and spoiler alert, Cuba Gooding Jr. signs a three-year, $11.2 million contract. And I don't know what 4% of that is, but I think it's like $400,000 in that ballpark. Um, if someone can do the math on that for me. But, yeah, that's a good chunk of money. It's one client. It's gonna not going to last you for a lifetime, you know. <laughs> so I kind of have a problem with him not trying to pursue other clients, whether they're lower-level players or not. Um, but movie has its flaws. It's still a really good movie to go back and watch. I kind of don't love how it's two and a half hours long. and about how dense he is as a person. That's uh, roughly four hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars for Tom okay. Cruise there. So not not bad. <laughs> All that work done. Matt, go ahead. Do you have any thoughts on Jerry Maguire's? I, I think Randy covered a lot of my feelings, but I hate this movie. I <laughs> it, it, it's got all the elements I hate. So Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's almost enough. Like I just find it interesting that. Cuba Gooding Jr. was able to redeem himself in radio versus, you know, this shamakery of a movie. Like, just, there's other factors that go into it for players. And I just thought it was more of a love story than it was about, you know, an agent trying to do the best for his player. And like you said, the complete stupidity of depending on one client for a payday. I mean, why stay with them? Like, I can't even remember Cuba Gooding's character's name in this, but go to Drew Rosenhouse if you want the freaking money. That guy's got tons of clients. He's got plenty of staff. Why rely on some agent that doesn't know how to do anything? Like, yeah, no, this movie's hot garbage. And can I say that when Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, so he's saying he's not going to try to go for a contract extension. He's going to play for the entire year to try to get paid. He then, and then Tom Cruise goes, well, what if you get hurt? He's like, you got to trust me, man. You got to trust me. And, of course, you knew then he was going to get hurt. So he plays in a, in a game that's end-all, be-all, right? Felipe, one of these movies has to have a game that matters more than anything. Um, they play a game against the Cowboys, I believe. And he plays for the Arizona Cardinals. And he catches a touchdown. And he goes down, lands on his head. And he's knocked out for, like, three minutes. And I don't understand, like, really what the point of this part of the movie was. But something clicks with Cuba Gooding Jr. where he's like, oh, the crowd really cares about me. Everyone's looking at me right now. That's like the first time he felt like he had all the attention he wanted. And he realized he was okay. So he gets up and then he just starts dancing. Like yeah. he a touchdown dance in the history of time. He busts out for one touchdown where everyone thought he was dead for five minutes. And then that's what got him paid. I don't understand. Like they're celebrating after the game that everyone wants to talk to him and interview him. Like, he, like that was the contract. And all of a sudden that's what made them pay him $11 million. I don't understand that at all. <laughs> I don't get it. Right, we're about 90 minutes into this podcast, and we're just now getting to the top four. Uh, let's see if we can be somewhat brief. Uh, we are Marshall. Dun, 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 dun. Matthew McConaughey plays the old Marshall Thundering Herd, a coach who replaced the old one who uh, I think died in a plane crash, right? Um, it's, it's a good movie. I like this one. This one is kind of a – brings a little bit of tear into my eye. Very emotional. Uh, we got to see Bobby Bowden. Not the real – I don't think it's a real Bobby Bowden, but some actor who I, – I, I'm assuming it's an actor who looks exactly like, like Bobby Bowden would if he were still in West Virginia. Randy, what do you think about this movie? To be honest, I can't watch more than like 20 minutes of this movie because really? of how Matt feels about 
Tom Cruise is how I feel about Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I man, can't I stand this guy. I can't watch this movie. So, wow. Matt, I know you have strong feelings about this movie. Go ahead. Matthew, you still there? Uh, well, I think Matthew had an emergency. I, I heard a, a screaming kid, one of his uh, kids screaming. So let's quickly move yeah. on to the next one. Uh, remember that Friday Night Lights? Uh, fantastic. First of all, I got before I forget, fantastic soundtrack by Explosions in the Sky. If you're hearing mm. those, the, those guitar riffs, that's the band. Uh, and they would go on to do other soundtracks as well. Just a, a three-piece band that just simple guitar, bass, drum setting there. Signed Billy Bob Thornton. Again, this is another one. Another movie about Texas high school football. This one mentions oil fields. Again, what is everybody working on? What is everybody like, <laughs> living off of? And we, we talked about the steel town and, and all the right moves. This is about oil. And uh, yeah. but it, it has all the elements, right, that we're looking for. Football, this is the most important football game until the next big football game. Uh, mm -hmm. The main industry is being talked about. Uh, There's a, a tough transition from football life to ordinary life. Every kid in this movie like is threatened that if they don't get that champ and, and we just lost Matt. So uh, Matt, come back if you can. If, but getting yeah. back to my point, if you don't do what you got to do in this football uh, career of yours in this four year stretch that you have, that's it. It's over for you. You go back and you're just a Joe Schmo working the oil derricks. And I think only mm -hmm. one kid, right. Made it to division one. A. Am I right about that assessment, Randy? I, I was it the running back or I was a safety. Maybe it was a safety. Some of these Texas football movies blend into me yeah. at the moment, but I, they're they're all they're kind of similar. But this was the Odessa Texas football movie, mm -hmm. where for the longest time, and you're gonna love this another wrestling reference, but Stone Cold Steve Austin was booked from Odessa Texas for a very long time, nice. and I remember him doing an interview about how in West Texas, all people care about is high school football. Yeah, and people live off of high school football. Like right now in March, all those people are just going through every day, cannot being like cannot wait. Until you know they can go to the gym and work out and play football again. Until they can start doing OTAs and how that start they can start doing practices and stuff. They live off this stuff. And like you said, what you do in your four years of playing football determines how you live the rest of your life. Uh -huh. Like that's insane to me. And I mean, I love playing high school football. And I played it for for three years and it, it meant a lot to me. And I have great friends still to this day. But it, it doesn't define who I am as a person more than ten years later. You know, I was never the greatest player. I never won anything of significance, but I, I still can appreciate that time. But to them, you win a state championship or you're a loser for the rest of your life. You just think about it for the rest of your life. And there was a uh, Robin Williams movie about this called The Best of Times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and with Kurt Russell. And mm -hmm. he, in his, in, in back in the high school days, he dropped a, a pass that would have won a game. And 15 years later, he's still living around town. And all he thinks about is how he dropped that ball. All he thinks about is, I could have caught that ball. I could have caught that ball. I could have made a difference. It eats him alive. Like, just get over it, dude. Like, next play, like, don't worry about it. But, no, that's all he could think about. Yeah. And then they create a football game, and he catches the ball, and it's, like, the happiest thing ever. But that's what, that's what Texas football is, man. Every play and every game, yeah. that's all that matters, man. And I think this exactly. movie does a great job of, of describing that. And, you know, going, like, the last last scene is them, you know, when, like going for the state championship, right? I, I believe they lose. Yeah. I don't know if I remember the ending correctly, but I just, they really get your heart on the string there and how heartbreaking that was for all of them. Yeah, that's another one where you kind of, it's a tearjerker for sure uh, at the end. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, we got the last two. Uh, Rudy is ranked number second only because I gave it a 0.5 on my list. I think what Matt, I think alluded to earlier was some <laughs> of the reality kind of uh, has soured. Uh, us. First of all, it's Notre Dame. The, the New York Yankees of college football, except the Yankees actually still are a consistent model of, the, of, uh, of winning as opposed to Notre Dame, who hasn't mattered. And I don't even know the last time they actually gave, 
mattered. Notre Dame football. I mean, it, well, they they made the national championship in 2012. Um, when the shit. linebacker, when the linebacker had the fake girlfriend, yeah, it, look at that. That's the only time they matter is when they make the headlines. <laughs> and this is a school uh, that goes out of their way to just kind of point out how much better they are than everybody else. It's a Catholic backdrop. It's uh, you know, we go out of our way to make sure that our players are are upstanding citizens. And this is the same fucking school that hides rape allegations and shit. Fuck those guys. And it's a Catholic uh, Catholic college, Catholic university. Yeah. We all know about the Catholic the Catholic all over the world. You know, just hiding all sorts of sexual allegations and assaults. So as you can tell, I'm, I hate Notre Dame. It's not too far away from me over there in South Bend, Indiana. And if, yeah, I could just piss on them all day. But again, this is a typical small player trying to make a big impact at the big university. Sean Austin uh, plays this kid named Rudy. Uh, the real life Rudy actually ends up being an actual absolute jackass. Uh, I think uh, uh, Bushnell was uh, mentioning how it turned out that this kid was a, this guy was a pedophile at the end, and I think he was uh, doing some illegal business transactions as well. So that kind of ruined it for us. Randy, is there a saving grace for you in this movie? Yeah, I I try not to think of all that bad stuff. Uh -huh. know, I try to be positive in life uh, no, for the most part. <laughs> um, uh -huh. I just always thought of like, okay, when I watched this movie as a kid, it's like he wanted to play for Notre Dame because of how much his dad loved Notre Dame and how much his dad planned every week to watch Notre Dame football. So he wanted so badly to be like, how cool would it be for my dad to get to watch me play for the thing that he loves the most? I mean, didn't you grow up wanting to play for a team that your dad loved? Like, how cool would it have been if I ever got to play for the Yankees or for the, the Giants or something? Like, obviously, those are unrealistic things, but I knew how much my dad loved them and how awesome it would have been to experience that. Um, I'm a sucker for these inspirational movies that's like, he's too small and he's not smart enough and he's not big enough. And like, I don't know. I, I mean, the ending, like, yeah, he gets to play a, a couple plays and he gets a sack. Like, all right, he didn't like become a quarterback and lead the team to a national championship or anything. It's just like a like a heartwarming thing. That'd be cool to like have a moment with your dad. That's kind of how I look at it. It's like a father son moment that every young boy who watches sports with his dad would love to have. And all that other stuff, bad stuff, I try not to let it cloud the way of this movie. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a good movie. I don't like want to watch it every day, but I think it's a really good movie. Uh, well, really quick. Uh, I mean, just the fact that he has to go out of his way to do this just to get his dad's attention. I, that, yeah. That's creepy in itself yeah. right there. I mean, that's, that's yeah, not very, no, I that's don't pretty that toxic. Aspect. I definitely don't love, yeah, I don't love that aspect of it. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned your dad, well, my dad doesn't like sports. So I'm the only, I'm the oddball in my family. I'm the only idiot who likes mm -hmm. sports, to watch sports as a, as a spectator <laughs> recreation. So I, I, I don't relate to that storyline at all one bit, but at the same time, at the same time, uh, yeah, Rudy, when I was a kid, I watched it. It gave me goosebumps. It gave me, like I said, that, that's a tearjerker. But over the years, yeah. I mean, I learned to hate Notre Dame with a passion. I hate to learn Rudy with a passion, the actual real-life Rudy. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and, uh, and you know, my taste in movies change over time. So uh, this is just <laughs> too hokey for me, even though it is based on a real-life story. But yeah. at the same time, even the Notre Dame football players who were on that team okay. uh, with Rudy, they, uh, they question the – the liberties that the studio took in filming this movie, but that's Hollywood for you. Uh, that's they, they, once they buy the rights, they get to do whatever they want. Yep. Last and probably the best because Felipe said so, you know, <laughs> Denzel Washington, remember the Titans, uh, another all-star cast. So you mentioned Ryan Gosling was being in this one uh, earlier. There's, mm -hmm. Like I said, it's a lot of good actors in this movie. Um, too many to name. Uh, but this is civil rights era football, 1960s. Uh, black and white players have to learn how to play along with each other. 
um, I, I, I don't need any, I don't need to introduce one for you. So I'll just go ahead and let it, let you take over. Go ahead. You know, Felipe, I've had some issues with some of these rankings throughout the entire time here. I got no problem. Uh, I was talking to my fiance about what, like, I need to pick, come up with what I think is the greatest football movie. And I'm going back and forth and I'm trying to come up with it. And I'm like, it's really not that hard of a decision. I think Remember the Titans is the greatest football movie that was ever made. And I think for so many reasons that if you play football, you understand what it's like to be a team and what it's like to love your brothers and what it's like to go out and like play each down like it's your last. And like you said, like every game is more important than anything uh, that has that aspect of it. But it also has something that not many of us can ever say that they experienced, which is almost a segregation aspect of this where a white football team and a black football team come together and you have to get along with these people who you're told that you have to dislike. And I think they do a really good job of telling a story about how um, I can't, I, I, I'm, I'm so mad at myself that I can't even think of the players' names in the movie. But um, yeah. when he, when he's in the hospital at the end and he goes, no, you can't tell, but that's my brother. Like yeah, they do yeah, yeah. such a good job of saying like you're a family when you play football when you play any sport when you're a team those are your family members and i think that remember the titans um like you said has a star-studded cast um with denzel washington and it, it shows a dichotomy amongst coaching styles it shows how uh, great players and their egos get in the way and how parents can get mad from the crowd and how <laughs> my player my, my son can't be getting benched my white my white son can't be getting benched from that black kid like that that is serious stuff that actually happened and i think they do such a great job of, of portraying that and um and there's one really thing like think about this movie and I, when i played i was never the, the best player by any means obviously but what i was i was a raw raw guy like the definition of a raw raw guy <laughs> like i would get everyone fired up and that was my job but when Will Patton, I believe, plays the uh, coach Yost. In yes. This. Yes. And he has my favorite speech that any coach has ever had in any speech, any any movie, any sports movie, where he says, "We blitz all night. <laughs> I don't want them to get another yard. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make them remember forever." And then you just get like goosebumps just thinking about it. Like the night they played the Titans, and it's like, "Fuck yeah, we're gonna go out there, and they're not getting another yard, and we're not getting another inch." winning this game no matter what and that to me it's like it like I, I play I could play that game before every football game ever and I'm like ready to run through a wall so uh, this this movie has everything for me when it comes to a football movie and uh, top top football movie without a doubt to me and this is one where uh, after the 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 coach Boone right was it coach Boone uh, Denzel yes. Washington yeah uh, yes. after he died we find out that he was an asshole too but it's okay no. he's, he's not Rudy so I'll, I'll, I'll Everybody gets one, and, and unfortunately, Rudy has some. And, and shout out to Leon, who said that uh, Julius and Jerry were the names ah. of the, the players there when, when Jerry ended up in the hospital after the, the accident there. So thank you for, for that. Yeah, thanks, Leon. Um, but uh, this is uh, the only strike I have, <laughs> the only other strike I, I, get, I have against this movie, it's, like, it's too businessified. I think I would rather watch Varsity Blues because it's more raw and gritty. This one's a little bit wow. too stale and clean because uh, you know it's a Disney factor, but it's not. A, too much of a knock on them, I don't think. I mean, it's just this is my personal. But don't preference. you don't you don't want to sing? You know, ain't no mountain high enough. After no, that's uh, that's too hokey. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't want to start doing the We Are the Titans dance like that's no. They did that my mixture They did that my high for my high school football team as well. My high school football team did that as well. I wasn't on the team, but you know, the, the team itself did that and. I thought that was pretty stupid, but there's just I, that, like great just, little comedy nuggets in there that I love too because it's very serious, but like 
sometimes you need a little couple moments to laugh during these movies. So I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, uh, if I'm on comedy, I go see Varsity Blues and what's the guy, uh, Scott, was it Scott Kahn who looks under his pants and he's, he looks down and he's like, what the fuck is that? Now that's comedy to me. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. I'm not a little kid anymore, so whatever. Uh, but, it, but not to say that it's a bad movie. It's just a little too hokey and campy for my taste. But I mean, you just saw me talk about the program and unnecessary roughness as movies that I wanted to watch as a kid. I mean, yeah. I'm not here to watch Aladdin or the Lion King, a 10-year-old Felipe. 10-year-old Felipe wants to watch Varsity Blues and, and uh, all those types of real-life gritty movies. Uh, but definitely remember the Titans. I don't have a problem with it being number one as a consensus number one. Um, it, it is uh, iconic. Uh, I mean, it's all the superlatives you could think of. It, it, uh, I'll watch it. I mean, it's, I, I won't wa- it's not like I won't watch it. I'll definitely watch it if it's on if it, at any spot. It definitely meets that criteria for those types of movies. So... Um, yeah, I mean, you have you have you even have like a young Hayden Panettiere as the coach's yeah, daughter trying right. to get in there and yell at players during practices. Like, I love that little aspect, <laughs> little nugget of it because you know that actually happened. Like, there's definitely a little girl down there in Virginia or wherever this movie. I forget exactly where it was, but um, trying to yell at the players for not doing what their dad said. I love that. Yeah, and uh, I I'm a his, I'm a history fan. I love the civil rights era uh, backdrop as well. I'm a, I'm a sucker for that type of stuff. Like what. Hey, 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 what what else is going on besides the football games? And that's that's there it is. It's it's a struggle between getting everybody together and and w- w- that's the thing that we've always learned about sports. And we'll finish with this one, is that sports is the great equalizer. I think that's something Charles Barkley says a lot. It doesn't matter how big, how small, what color your skin is. If you can shoot the ball, if you can run, if you can jump, well, we can use you. And that's really the spirit of sports. So that's one thing I will always appreciate about this movie is that. Uh, is that Remember the Titans is a movie about trying to realize that we're all created equal and that we all have to come together for the greater good no matter what background we're coming from. So I'll always, I'll always appreciate that. Uh, I remember the Titans. And like I said, it's a pretty good number one in my uh, on this list as well. Better than Rudy, I think. And it's a, it's a better overlaying message as well. Randy, I'll give you the last word. Any uh, last word on this one, on this list, on this football movie Saturday here? Uh, I can't, I mean, after that, I mean, you said it the best there. I think sports is the greatest thing that the world has to offer and I'm losing my mind without it. So I hope if you guys tuned in to watch us talk about some football movies it inspired you to go entertain yourself with one. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure I'm not the only one going nuts here without movies or not movies without sports. <laughs> I, I miss March Madness. I miss uh, all, uh, well, a live game in the NBA, anything like that. I, I kind of live off that stuff. So it's for me not being able to have that in my life. It, there's more serious things going on, obviously, but I think that the people in these groups especially are kind of feeling that, that pain, especially. But uh, I'll give you guys another thing. If you don't want to watch any movies, if you're looking for a TV show, I'm going to throw out an idea if you're interested. Uh, it's about fantasy football. It's called The League. It's one of my favorite TV shows. It's on Hulu. Uh, it's about these guys playing fantasy football. Based in Chicago, too, Felipe. A lot of yeah. players make their parents in that show. So uh, uh, one of my favorite TV shows as well. So. Uh, there are better football TV shows, trust me, but that one we is should, really funny and I enjoy it. We should probably go come back and maybe, or maybe, if not me, then you guys should do a TV show only. I mean, we have all this time, honestly. We might as well just do it, uh, if not with me, then with you and Matt or somebody else, do a TV show episode. Uh, so, uh, it doesn't sound like this. Sports are going to come yeah, back definitely. anytime soon. Uh, I thought I could handle it pretty well. I see myself, because I, I, I consider myself a well-rounded person. If sports isn't on, I, I can watch something else. And I also been straight. I mean, shit. I mean, Sean Flannery got me to go on Twitch just so I could watch him play the game, uh, MLB The Show. And now I'm like, uh, Tyrone, was it Tyrone Biggum? Uh-huh. Hey, 
<laughs> you got any more of them baseball games? I, I am hungry for any type of baseball at this point. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, I hear you, man. We're all hurting. I mean, I, yesterday, was, uh, Thursday was supposed to be opening day. It sucks. So. Oh. <clears throat> Terrible. Anyway, anyway, but, uh, you know, we got other groups for you guys. We have daily life. We got pop culture life. We got food life. If we can't talk about sports, there's plenty of other stuff to talk about to kind of keep our sanity here um, as a, like I mentioned, it's, it's hurting us really hard. But at that, on that note, uh, go watch these movies. Uh, it's definitely opened up my eyes to a lot of uh, great movies that I have not given a chance to that I want to go out and uh, get. I, already, I saw Longest Yard on Netflix. I put it on my list of things to do on Netflix. So it's already helping me out, you know, watch other movies while we wait for real sports to come back. So on behalf of Randy, on behalf of Matt Bushnell, thank you so much for watching today. I know this one went a little long, a lot of technical difficulties, but thank you so much for watching with us as well. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Randy. Have a good one. Wait, it was a pleasure. See you next time. Always. Thanks. Bye.